0: Welcome back to the Dad Chronicle, where we share stories from dads all around the world. I'm your host, Alex Alvisu. This is episode 109. Today, I talk to JJ Valentine, a podcaster and fellow member of the community known as the Tadpool. And JJ's story is one that centers around listening, understanding, and compassion, things that are sorely needed in today's society. I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation. First, we talk about how his first marriage ended in divorce, and how he rebuilt a relationship with his children by creating a safe space. For them to express themselves and how that made them feel.
1: It was just one of those things that really broke my heart a little bit. Well, not a little bit. It broke my heart. But it was like one of those things was like, I know I'm going to end up being the enemy. I know all this stuff is going to happen. I'm going to, I know, and, and all I could do was hope and pray or whatever you do is that I would, my kids would understand, which came at a much later time in my life.
0: Next, we talk about how he and his ex-wife worked to get to the point where they can co-parent their kids, especially after J.J. remarried and wanted to set the right example for his children on how to treat their new stepmother.
1: No one's an evil person uh, uh, when it comes to all the adults and everything. It's just adults being adults.
0: J.J. shares his experiences with his own father how he has rebuilt a relationship with him, and repressed memories from his childhood.
1: So this is like, so apparently what I was like between year five and six of my age. And I was like, Dad, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. He was like, dude, you live with Louise now for a year.
0: And finally, we talk about what it's like being a black father raising black children in today's society. And why it's so important that we shift today's conversations to being empathetic and understanding.
1: I'll say it how we say it, like, we're sorry, you're not white. You can't do the same thing that some of your friends do when they go out to the mall.
0: Here's my conversation with JJ Valentine. JJ Valentine, welcome to the Dad Chronicle. How are you tonight? Doing well. Thank you for having me, Alex. Thanks for being here, my man. This is great to, yeah. to chat with you. Um, we're drinking a little bit of whiskey tonight, as we yes, do. Yes, sir.
1: As we do. As, that's, as we, as, that's what we do. That's right. We drink whiskey. We we drink whiskey and we and we try to dad things. Yeah, we 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 do the
0: dadding. So today I wanted to bring you into the conversation, obviously to to learn about you as a father um, and, and about your upbringing. It's a very interesting mm-hmm. story that I think the the listeners want to hear about, uh, but also talk about some of the the racial issues happening, um, your own perspective on them, um, being a black father and raising black kids. Um, but before we really jump into that, why don't we take a moment to just introduce you to the world, to the people who may not know you.
1: Yeah. So JJ Valentine, I currently reside in, uh, great Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I was born and raised in, in, um, Mount Airy, North Carolina, which was the birthplace of Andy Griffin. And, um, I went to school at North Carolina A&T State University and, you know, been you know, across the country a little bit and then just landed here in uh in Kentucky in two thousand and eight. Love it, man. I have family that
0: lives in, in London. Um, and I'm not sure where where's London compared
1: to you. London is gonna be east. Um, you get to Lexington and then you head south a little bit down um I think there's 75, I believe. Okay. And if I'm thinking right, that may be the last exit with uh Bojangles. Um, if I'm thinking correctly, man. So, yeah, so but, I, 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 know where all the Bojangles are in Kentucky. Nice. <laughs> See, we don't
0: get, we don't get Bojangles over here in Virginia, but we get, but I'll tell you, we end up, um, up in Ohio quite a bit to watch the Buckeyes play at, and And they got a Bojangles right up there next to campus. And so oh, they are lucky. Yeah. They wow. got, it's like right there. I mean, but
1: you do have a cookout nearby, I hope.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, oh, oh, okay. oh no, around here in Virginia. Yeah. No, are you kidding? We got Popeye's down the road. Um, we got KFC down the road. What else do we got?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, man. and, and I, I, it's I'm Sorry it's, about that. It's
0: nothing really great around here when it comes to like <laughs> good fried chicken. I mean, we, we have Chick-fil-A. I don't know how you feel okay. about Chick-fil-A.
1: Now, I haven't eaten at Chick-fil-A in three years. Really? Um, yeah, I haven't. Um, you know, there's some of the things that, you know, I have a line. One Chick Fil A is delicious. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I, I will. I will say that I did take. Um, well, Renee did. Renee took the girls for a play date at Chick Fil A. Um, earlier, no, it was. Yeah, it was earlier this year before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. She took one of the girls to have a play date, and I think that was the last time that she was going to do that. She was going to try to suggest more places next time because she's just her conviction for that. Oh you know, yeah, there. It's, it's, it was, I guess it's, I can say it was one of those things that wasn't hard to get up, get out, you know, to take out of our life, you know, but no, nah, we haven't been to Chick fil A in a bit. Yeah.
0: Know? No, I agree. I think that the, the political piece there too, it's just, it's hard to, uh, support a place like that when, you know, there, there's so much underlying kind of theming right. there, you know, so,
1: um, and, and the reason, and the reason I say that is because someone come say, well, you know, you have insurance with such and such or so-and-so. And, so, and wh- so what about that? You know, it's kind of like, you know, there are things that is like, okay, I can cut that out of my life. It like, we don't eat it. Jimmy John's, you know, because mm-hmm. Renee's love for animals, you know, you know, so, I mean, it's just those things where it's kind of like, we, we can just do it out. Yeah. You know, so
0: yeah. You know. Good on you. Yeah. You, you draw the line and you, and you stick to it. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and you and i actually met uh through the frog pants network there's a bunch there's been a bunch of folks from the frog pants side of things that have been on this show um if mm-hmm. people are listening that's a network run by Scott Johnson and folks like Brian ibbett are a part of that and um i'm trying to think of you know just other folks that i've had on here steven schleicher is is a mm-hmm. you know just kind of a part of all this and you and I met because we both listened to a bunch of the shows on that network and are part of that community and uh, right. so so thanks for adding your story to this library of ever growing uh wonderful people who have been on this show
1: um, Oh man I got I'm walking in some some very tall shadows Oh
0: man <laughs> it's going to be a good conversation though just uh based on, on everything else that we've talked about in our, in our history together. And, and why don't we do that? Let, let's jump right into a little bit of your story okay. that I want to share with folks. Um, let, let's start out with your family situation. Um, introduce your kids.
1: All right. So I am the proud father of five kids. Um, I have a daughter. Um, she is 23 years old, um, then followed by a son who is 21 and I also have another son who is turning 16 soon. Um, that was from a previous marriage um, that, that I had. And I have two twin girls who recently turned six years old and with my current marriage with Renee. Um, so, yeah. Um, so it's uh, Brianna, Daniel, Benji, well, Benjamin, and, and uh, Maya and Zoe in, in that order.
0: And we've seen, uh, we're on video chat together right now, recording this live over Discord. There have been a couple of little cameos from the girls walking in. I think right. it's sweet. <laughs> I can tell JJ's sitting there like as I'm recording this, and he's like, oh, come on, get out of here. And I'm sitting Look, here just like, oh, this is so yeah, great.
1: Get out. You know what I'm recording. You know, <laughs> it just takes me back to when we used to live record Valentine cast. And I remember one episode, we were live streaming it on Twitch, and Maya came out butt naked yeah, oh right God. through the door. Oh. And so you saw it. So you saw it on Renee's camera. And I like panic. You know, oh. I'm like, oh my God. You know. <laughs> cut the stream. Cut it. Stop.
0: <laughs>
1: it's really uh. funny though,
0: man. It's really yeah. funny. Kids are kids are good though. I mean It doesn't, you don't have fun parent stories unless stuff like Mm -hmm. that happens. So when the shenanigans gets happened, try to embrace it as much as possible within the terms and conditions that that Twitch allows. Oh, we have one,
1: we have one good clip of uh, us playing Divinity Original Sins live streaming. It was late and, um, and we're sitting there and we're like deep in the quest and I can see people come in and Maya comes in and she walks right up to, um, Renee and Renee doesn't know it. And I'm like, hi, Maya. And it scares the living crap out of her <laughs> and She like jumps out of her seat and we got it all on video and it's just my I I, I died laughing for a good ten minutes. Oh but that's anyway. Good. Oh, I love kids. it, man. Kids are fun. You love it. They are great.
0: You know, speaking of your oldest, so you mentioned that you were divorced. Um mm-hmm. you had a previous marriage. Um, talk to us about that situation. How long were you married and uh, what was that environment like as a as a father?
1: Yeah, so my previous marriage, um, we got married when I was twenty one, um, real young. I was still in college. Um, it was just one of those situations where, you know, um my parents were divorced and you know, I was kind of growing up in Mount Airy, well I lived to leave Mount Airy, You know, that was my whole goal is to leave Mount Airy and I never wanted to go back. <laughs> but um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but, um, uh, met, met, met her, um, at, in college in, in, uh, a computer lab and we got married at 20 when I was 21 and, um, we, we were married for almost 10 years and, um, we had three kids, three beautiful kids with that. Um, one of the things that we learned, um, amongst us is that we probably shouldn't have gotten married. Just the situations that we were in, we both came from broken homes and there was a lot of healing that, um, we both needed, um, looking back. So, so this is the stuff you learn after you've been divorced and go through all the, you know, arguments and feelings and, um, and everything it was like, you know, we shouldn't have done, shouldn't have got married, but, but we did. Um, and, there, and a lot of people was like, well, how'd y'all stay married so long? You know, um, we spent a majority of that time in counseling for one another, um, couples counseling. Um, We were very huge in the church and we also didn't want to make the mistake. And I say that in quotes, the mistake that our parents made of, you know, divorcing or, and, and all this other, and all these other things. And it came to a point where, where I was, I felt that, As a parent, I couldn't be a great dad feeling the way I felt, where I wanted to go to work. You know, I dread coming home. I didn't look forward to weekends when I didn't have work. And, you know, the same thing would repeat over the same argument, because I had my issues where I didn't want to deal with things and I didn't realize it and and, and vice versa. Um. And it was just one of those things where it was hard to say to split. You know, it was, it was really hard. A lot of people think it's easy. Um, But I will say with how I dealt with things um, personally, as a kid by walling up, um, wasn't a good thing, but that's how I kind of dealt with it. I walled those emotions up really hard and, and it came off very cold. And I, I I still remember the day when I left, you know, um, to leave. to. Um, when I left the kids to go live here, you know. It was just one of those things that really broke my heart a little bit. Well, not a little bit. It broke my heart. It, yeah. it really did. But it was like one of those things was like, I know I'm going to end up being the enemy. I know all this stuff is going to happen. I'm going to, I know. And and all I could do was hope and pray or whatever you do is that I would, my kids would understand, um, which came at a much later time in my life. Um, but that was just one of those things that, that, that had happened, you know? Yeah. What, what, it was, so, it was tough. Uh,
0: what was it like trying to build re, well uh, let's put it this way rebuild that relationship with your kids when something like this happens like how did you do that
1: so um my kids so my ex wanted to move to um florida um they they moved out of state and you know i know that she had dreams herself and i didn't want to hold back holding hold her back from doing anything that she wanted so i obliged and Knew it was going to be a struggle for me to visit, you know, um, them and be in their life daily. Um, so it was like calls daily, Skyping. And then there were times where it didn't always work because their, their mom and I would get in an argument. And then I felt as a father, I was causing pain to my kids and to her. So I would draw away and I wouldn't call. And, and things of that stuff. So it was always, I wish I was more consistent when I was in that, that I didn't allow um, discussions, I'll say discussions, that would happen to make me scared not to call my kids. No matter what, I should have called them and things like that. So as far as reconciling, um, it wasn't until my oldest, um, Brianna, when she was graduating from it kind of all hit the head when she was 16 and she didn't want me to come down for her birthday. Um, at that time they had moved from Florida to Atlanta, which is very easy for me to get to. Um, Renee has family there. My my current wife has family there that we could stay with. So it wasn't like I had to get a hotel and all this other stuff um, and, and things of that sort um, because child support is expensive. I, 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 it is, but having kids are expensive and, uh, you know, that's just something that I don't think, you know, that's a whole different topic. Mm. But when, when, um, Brianna was graduating, when she was 16, she didn't want me to come down because she had heard conversations that she probably shouldn't have heard about me and Renee that may have, may not have been true. Um, well, they weren't true. And, and um, and that kind of got back to her, and so she was really feeling she had to side with her mom, which I understood. I mean, I was kind of like that with my mom. Well, my mom and dad divorced, even though my father's grandmother and grandfather, um, my mom my my grandparents on my dad's side raised me. Which mm-hmm. <laughs> is a whole complication, man. It's just I know, it's yeah. just so complicated. But um, when that happened, it hurt. It really hurt when she did that and I didn't understand. And so I had to respect that and I didn't, I didn't go, you know, <laughs> I went down there, but I didn't go just in case she had a change of mind and change of heart. Um, but when she graduated, um, before she graduated, we had a lot of conversations, um, Brianna and I, um, I had picked him up and we had a heart to heart conversation of, uh, why did you leave the way you did? You know, and and I had to explain and say, you know, you know, I left because, again, I felt that I could be a better parent, wasn't happy, but I was like, but there were so many things that I would have done different. You know, instead of just letting you guys go to Florida, I probably would have tried to go or I would have said, no, I want to have the kids close by so I can be in their lives daily and, and, and fought for things like that instead of just kind of just saying okay because i didn't want to deal with conflict i didn't want to deal with argument i just wanted to i already felt guilty enough for making the situation happen that that i didn't want any more guilt it was kind of like one of those things where it was like i beat myself up mm. all over and over and so i apologized you know i owned up to a lot of things which is hard sometimes when when it comes down to it, um, there are things that we do have control over that we can change. Yeah. And when we recognize that and recognize that we've hurt people and apologize for those things and, and let, them, let them control the situation, because ultimately it's them that, that, that has that. I mean, because we, I've done the pain to them, regardless if it was just for me to, you know, get a divorce, you know, they yeah. still have their feelings, and I still have to respect those feelings that they have mm-hmm. and and own up to whatever questions and things that I could have done wrong and differently. And they were valid questions. That was one thing I didn't have growing up. You know, it was one of those things was like, you know, I'm the parent. You do what I say, or how dare you question me, <laughs> you, you know, and things of that sort. So that was one thing that I did not want to do with any of my kids. Well, I think you it's know, fair, though, you know, also
0: that they experience and and— uh at least you're giving them that opportunity to share mm-hmm. their feelings and that's a safe place for them. And that's hard in itself to do. It's it's actually, I, yeah. I would think it's much easier to say, no, you, you must listen to me. I am your
1: father, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the easier yeah. road. Oh, it is. It is. And one of the things, I mean, I want to make sure which I'm learning now, because when I left, um, then, um, So, um, Brianna was nine, Daniel, Daniel was six, seven, um, Benji was four. So, you know, so out of all those, Brianna, you know, has spent the most time with me, of course. And, you know, we had a real close relationship and of course that kind of, you know, impacted that, you know, um, with Benji you know, he was four, so it's kinda like he knew of me, but I hadn't been around that much. And when they left, I, I wasn't there like for elementary school, middle mm-hmm. school, like on on a daily basis. And that's one of the things that I'm I'm getting to experience now. And and seeing, you know, I wish now with my and Zoe being six that, you know, I kind of wished I had my older kids close by. You know, because they had an incident at camp, you know, this little kid trying to kiss him in the pool, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, the 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 way that we have our our relationship with Maya and Zoe and our other kids is so that they can have that conversation and open with us and tell us when stuff happens Right. and not not tell us <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and to hold it back and just to hold it back. So.
0: Well, how have you, so how has the relationship been now
1: with, with your three oldest kids? So with, um, it was probably, it was when Brianna graduated, um, and, um, when Brianna graduated about five years ago, wait a minute, no, like 23, yeah, five years ago. When, when she graduated, I think that was the time that her mom and I, well, it was the Thanksgiving before that, where I went down to Atlanta for a bit. We would do like this at um, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Thanksgiving trip, normally, visiting family. Um, so we went to Atlanta and then we were driving from Atlanta to South Carolina and spent about two hours of that kind. Con- two hours of that drive on uh, the Bluetooth phone set with her mom, we're trying to figure out this, our situation with, um, as co-parenting, you know, where we're all co-parenting and trying to bring it together. And big, um, big thing with their mom is that accountability is huge with their mom. It's huge with me as well, but it's like another level. um, with her and she, she wanted accountability. She wanted open conversations. And there were some things that, you know, I was kind of like, Oh, okay. And then there were some things just like, okay, you know? <laughs> um, but you know, she didn't trust Renee for a bit. And, and we had a, we had to go over that. Um, she didn't trust me. We had to go over that. Um, I felt like, she was out to get me sometimes we had to go through that so we had to have those tough conversations and be like okay this isn't about us we are the grown-ups we have to be here for the kids and then from that point on was when we started trying to co-parent and that's when the group text Mm -hmm. of of my ex or her husband me renee and i were together where we would talk about the kids was it perfect it wasn't always perfect <laughs> it mm-hmm. wasn't but we made an effort to show unity um with them so the thanksgiving after brianna graduated from um from high school when she was in college we had our first ever blended thanksgiving Wow. <laughs> so we went to a we went to a restaurant neutral ground um and and we packed the place out we drank and married and and all this other stuff so, so how did it go i mean it, so- my, it sounds like it was it, it was fine yeah it was fine i mean no one's no one's an evil person uh, uh when it comes to all the adults and everything it's just adults being adults when we finally set aside our when we finally realize that there are some things some feelings that we have, regardless of hurt and everything, because our family do, family does things to us that we can either hold on to or we can let go and 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 just and move on. I think that's when we all finally decided to say, okay, let's move on. Yeah. And like I said, it's not always perfect. Um, there are times where I'll say something and it'll get perceived one way. She'll say something, my ex, and I'll perceive it a different way. And and we we'll have a moment where it's like, what you mean? You know? Mm. And it's like, okay, you know what? I'm sorry, it probably came out the wrong way. You know, and it wasn't like one, you know, those half apologies that people do is like, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. And I was, I would I, I will admit that I did it a lot um before and it was done to me a lot, but that's not what an apology is. It's really recognizing what the person's feeling.
0: It's something to be said that you're able to separate that for the sake of the kids, right? Like you're putting the kids first in that case and kudos on you. I think that's, that's so important. And you know, I think about a lot of the dads or parents listening to this show who may be in a a similar situation or have experienced something like this in the past. Um, Perhaps they're at that beginning stage where they're realizing, you know, maybe this isn't the right you know, situation I'm in. What do you say to those parents who may just be realizing that?
1: Everybody's path is different. You, you know what I'm saying? I think the main thing is, is that stay true to yourself with with everything and, and be honest with yourself. Really take a look at yourself. And I will tell you, it is not 100% the other person because two people stood at the aisle or wherever you did it and said, I do. Mm. You know, everyone has, has a part a piece of the puzzle. That's right. And, and you can either have, you can live all your life being pissed off and upset at that person. Or you can be like, try to understand where they're coming from, but not give up your integrity is, is, is was a huge thing for me is not giving up the ground that I stood on. But also you also have to realize too, Having that ground, you need to actually look at the other person. That was one of the things that I learned was like, I put my stake in the ground, I threw my walls up, and it was like, I shall not be moved. You know, so I wasn't trying to hear anything. It's like any attempt um of trying to reach out to me by my ex or try to make it about the kids. Like there were times where I was like, oh, you just trying to get back with me. You know, you just want me, you just want to get back with me. And no, she was just wanted me to be available for the kids. But I take it as a manipulative. And it's not always that. Yeah, It's not always that. You know, not until they get you in the corner and they're like, I'm not, I'm not going to let you out until you make sweet, sweet love to me. <laughs> then at that point, then at that point, you know. Yeah, that's manipulative. Yeah, that's manipulative. Too. There you go. Well, now, I mean, now you're
0: with Renee and, uh, yeah. the, the girls are beautiful. Um, Thank you. I love seeing the the family pictures and stuff. Uh, what's life like now kind of experiencing the, the younger years, uh, now with your
1: girls telling you, um, I hate that I missed it with, with, with my three older ones. I mean, I, I I'll say that every day. Um, one of the things that my oldest and I had a conversation about on the, that year that she graduated, she called herself the um, trial, the, the trial child, you know, she was the trial child (sighs) that we all, that the experimental child that we found out all our mistakes on. And the kids behind her, her siblings are going to reap the benefits of the failures of me as a parent. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but so, you know what? To, to, to be fair, me being the oldest, yeah, you, you know, you, you, there's something to be said about that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you, your parents are doing this for the first time. And uh, yeah. to be honest, like, kids have no instruction booklet. Of course, they're going right. to screw up, <laughs> you know, but but it's also up to the okay. parents to, to figure out like, hey, what, you know, like, how do we fix this, right? Or, or how do right. we address the issues um you know further down the line but that's that's what i think is beautiful about your story is just the way you've still been able to connect with her even at this stage right like yeah you're 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 dealt this hand what do you do you make the best of it
1: yeah yeah we make the best of it i mean like i said i mean she went through stages of hating me um and I, i and the thing is that I stay there because I left them when I left. I was like, you know, when I physically left, you you know, from divorce, um, I was like, she's not going to push me further away. Okay. She, she doesn't want me to go to her birthday party. I'll go to Atlanta and see if she wants me to come. If she doesn't. Okay. You know, is that availability and everything else. And even with, you know, My my son, you know he's he's going through, he was going through some stuff where he's trying to turn to twenty one. He's still living with mom a little bit. He's kind of like I'm a man. Well, well, son, still living in your mama's house, you know. (laughs) So you still have some rules you have to follow. I'm sorry, you know, you still have some responsibilities, you know, that you need to take care of. Yes, you live there, so guess what? You're going to have to contribute to the household. You're going to have to go pick up your little brothers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right. No, you're right. Yeah. You know, so it's those things that that happen. It's kind of like, you know, I, 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 my middle son, he he was big on telling me, I hate you. You know, <laughs> and then I remember the day I told him, I was like, I hate you too. <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and everybody's like, "Why are you told your kid you hate him dude you yeah. know it's just like whatever little kid i'm still gonna love you yeah
0: <laughs> man if you're a parent and you and and that thought has never crossed your mind come on okay come on
1: dude i'm telling you I, i'm wondering am i know renee and i aren't the only kids i'm not kids but parents that like after the kids go to bed can't be like can you believe what these punks did Oh, you know oh, what I'm saying? Absolutely. You could you could fill in, you could substitute punks for whatever words you want to use or whatever when you're talking with your 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 partner. But it oh, happens every night. Yeah,
0: you know, just tonight we were putting Aria to bed, and uh, we were just taking turns on. Okay, who's going to be the bad guy in this situation? Like, like because she, she was getting yelled at by my wife because she wasn't listening to like put her toys away. They, you know, <laughs> she'll just sit there and continue to play, and we're like, "No, Aria, it's time to time for bed." And then, you know, she wasn't focusing on, you know, trying to use the potty when she was going to bed. And so, like, I was trying to explain to her, pay attention because she tripped and fell and she didn't, you know, she wasn't paying attention. And then I became the bad guy. So, you know, we kind of meet in the hallway and I'm like, okay, I'm the bad guy now, you know. And then she's like, okay, I was a bad guy about five minutes ago. So (laughs) we're just kind of trading off. It's the same, you know, what do you do? It's
1: just it is what it is. I'll tell you one thing, but I mean, there are things that I learned. I mean, you know, one, now I learned about three, two, one magic or one, two, three magic or whatever it's called, you know, get the kids to behave, you know.
0: I don't even know what that they is. They don't what
1: do it. Oh, look it up. It's it's great. I yeah? mean, it's like, yeah, like you say, um, say, Ari, go pick up your toys, but she wants to have, what happens is we try to have grown up conversations with our kids, mm, right? Okay. But sometimes our kids are just young and yeah. they don't uh they're not they are not going to try to have that grown up conversation with us. And like, Arya, go pick up your toys. Yeah, that's one, you know, and then uh. say, All right, and then it's like when you're first doing like Arya, if I get to three, this is gonna be the consequence. Okay. And then then like, Aria, that's two. If if you asked again, and then if she tries to complain about it, Arya, that's three, and then it's time, time for yeah, the 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 punishment, whatever yeah. it is, take something away. So what it is, it keeps you from getting frustrated from trying to have this adult conversation with a little kid because it's oh, true. Because when we were kids, you know, as new parents or parents of young kids, like we want to give our kids the platform to try to talk and, and have their feelings. And we get tricked into thinking not trick, but we think that they are like little adults. They're not. Oh, it's true. So look it up. Yeah. So look it up. YouTube um one, two, three magic. That saved a lot of frustration on me because I was huge on I'm gonna pop butt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. But I I'm telling you, one, two, three magic is is amazing. I just and I actually
0: just I Googled it and I found it. So yeah, parents out there listening. Definitely go, I'm going to yeah. do that. I'm going to send it to Deanna and we're going to watch that.
1: Yeah, watch the little, it's just a, there's two, there's two or three videos you can watch that kind of just talks about it. You can buy the book if you want, but yeah, I we just the watch the videos.
0: Yeah, interesting.
1: Um, so the video is just enough that we need it. And yeah. it's being consistent. That's the thing. You have to be consistent. Yeah. Like when we started yeah. it, I was like, Renee, because the one thing that frustrated me the most was. Renee would try to have these adult conversations with them and reason with them. I'm like, they're a child. What are you doing? You know? I'm so guilty of that, man.
0: I'm like, Aria, come on, let's be reasonable. And then Deanna's like, no. she's three.
1: <laughs> hey, he was like, nope, one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're not doing this. And it works from like Aria's age. Yeah. Cause this is about the age that we started with our kids. And it, I mean, we still use it today. Mm-hmm. I think they said it starts wearing off around 10, 11, 12 somewhere in there. But it helps you not get frustrated as a parent. Um but it will uh you know, it, it it's 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 big, you know. I mean, that you know, yeah. there's sometimes, but there are times where you'll go straight to 3. They do something straight up like one night they were supposed to be in the bed. They had a light zone. They were jumping off the the stools onto their bed and Renee went there and was like, that's three. No screen time tomorrow. Dang. I was like, oh, dang, we have to mess with our kids tomorrow, right? <laughs> You love that, right? Like, It's yeah. like, oh,
0: please don't screw up so that you at least have a little hey, bit of screen
1: time. But please. that's the thing is that parents, a lot of times they don't want to do things that way because yeah. they don't want to interrupt their time. But we do that so that we can make great human beings that are decent folk that we need in the world today. <laughs> oh, yes, especially today.
0: And what and what you're talking about, it reminds me a lot of, you know, I, I approach certain issues with my kids just simply mm-hmm. based on my own experience growing up, the way my parents would react to certain things that I would do. I would so now I I, I sprinkle in a little bit of that with uh, with Aria, certainly. Um, and Mm -hmm. then I even think about, Oh, how do I approach this a little bit differently? Knowing I didn't appreciate that as a kid, right? you know, and, and now bringing that to Aria. So this is a nice kind of segue into your own upbringing and the way that you approach fatherhood now, you know, what was your own experience like with your own father?
1: My dad and mom, they split and I'm divorced when I was like five. And then, um, when, when they divorced, um, I spent one more year with my mom um and i'm telling you i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you a story i'm gonna do a different timeline you know <laughs> kind of like i've been watching community and you know we're gonna go to the darkest timeline oh, here in a minute Such <laughs> Such a such a, good, such a if anybody might watch community yes. i have it. this is my fourth time trying to watch it and i actually enjoyed it this time so i'm yes. almost done
0: just, by the way if you're on after at about season four it starts to get a little weird just stick with it anyway go ahead
1: it, i'm in season six so, okay. so I'm, you, I'm about to finish it yeah, up yeah you, you're so there. yeah yeah, I'm I'm in for the ride. I'm in for the ride. So, um, so with, with, when they divorced, you know, I spent kindergarten. Um, it, it was a bad thing. I mean, I remember the night that my mom and dad got in a fight. Me running down to my uncle Albert's next door, telling them that mom and dad are fighting. Uncle Albert calls my dad, my grandfather on my mom's side. He comes up, runs my dad off, and then next thing I know, you know, it was this whole thing of my dad not being there and like. Like, I would see him drive by, apparently, at that point. I didn't know what was going on. I would see him drive by in his car. Um, he was going to see his girlfriend, you know, um, who lived up the street. So, you know, I would see him drive by. He would wave, but he never really stopped. Uh, my dad was a truck driver. Um, he was very much uh do-what-I-say kind of guy, Um but he was also fun loving. I mean, we had fun together when we had fun. Um, a lot of times there were times that promises were broken where we we wouldn't try to go somewhere and he didn't show up or something would come up and all this other stuff. Um, when I would go and visit on the weekends, um, because his marriage wasn't that great, he would like take a road trip. So I ended up staying there with my stepmom who I didn't really enjoy and did not like a lot. um, but when, and but my grandparents raised me on my dad's side, um, from age seven until I was 18, well, until now, they made me who I am, and they gave me a lot of love. They tried their best. Um, my grandmother was a seamstress for Spencer Children's Clothing. Um, eighth grade, eighth grade education, um, and my grandfather was a carpenter. Um, I alternated between weekends between my mom and dad. Uh, Mom had a bout of alcoholism as well um but with my dad um we when I got married with renee um back in um oh nine um he came up to visit and he he was newly divorced or he yeah, had newly divorced from my stepmom of thirty thirty plus years, man. 30-plus years, this man lived in torment because he lived by the motto of, it's cheaper to keep her, you know? I mean, and that was a motto that I never was like, no. I just couldn't I couldn't do that. I was like, I'd rather live in a cardboard box and be unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd rather live in a cardboard box and be happy than be unhappy, you know? <laughs> and but um, he came... To the wedding, um, he called me the day of our wedding, asked me to come down to the hotel. Okay, this is weird. I'm trying to get ready for the wedding, so I go down to the hotel. And this is uh, this is 09, so in 04, um, just back it up a little bit. 04, my father had a uh, operation, of course, you know, <laughs> uh, operation he was scared of, so he called me that week, was like Jonathan, my, that's my middle name. First name is Jerry, hence JJ. Um, Jerry Jonathan. So he said, Jonathan, I'm gonna talk to you. You know, I wanna apologize that I wasn't there for you when I was married to, you know, married Louise and stuff, and I kind of did all this other stuff. And, and Louise was still married. Um Louise and Dave were still married, and uh he's like, I want to apologize, you know, I'm gonna try to be better. I know I, I lived an hour away from you all, but I never came to see you all when you're in Greensboro. And this is the whole, if I don't die <laughs> after yep. doing this operation, you know, <laughs> repent of, so he goes through the operation. Everything goes, goes great. And it repeats, you know what I'm saying? In, in the back of my head, I was like, nah, this dude, this dude is about, you know, he's just doing his, just in case he dies. kind yeah. of thing." Yeah. Yeah. So, so in jumping back to 9 and he's he comes after he's been divorced he's kind of seen everything and he's been seeing a lot he said I want to apologize to you for the year that you lived with Louise and I and the things you had to go through and I looked at that and I was like what are you talking about he was like he was like I want to apologize for I wasn't there, and I allowed Louise to treat you the way she did. It, you know. So this was like apparently what I was like between year five and six of my age, and I was like, "Dad, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about." He was like, "Dude, you live with Louise now for a year," and I was like, "I have no idea." Didn't even remember it. You repressed it. I was like. I was like, all I remember is you guys fighting me going to kindergarten and then me being at grandma's and going to school at Flat Rock for the first time. And he was like, yeah, you live with Louise and I in between before you went to elementary school. And I was like, dude, you you messing with my mind, You, you know, and like apparently I had pushed that year. Somewhere in my mind, that you know, I mean, I do, you know, there are like little things I remember. I remember her, I do remember her making me pimento cheese sandwiches that I didn't enjoy, and she slept on a lot of pimento cheese. I do remember washing dishes that I felt like I didn't even wash, but what kid did that? But I think Mm. the pimento cheese was the big thing because they made (laughs) me gag, you know, (laughs) as a kid, yeah, and then. I remember sitting out on the porch in the midsummer, you know, while she was watching stories and stuff like that. But, yeah, pin, pin but I, that I, and my dad, he was never around because yeah. he was driving the truck. He wasn't happy. He didn't want to be there and all this other stuff. I mean, it was just a lot of things that he apologized for. And I was like, well, dude, I, I forgive you, but I don't remember any of that. And then we kind of went into the Christmas that I didn't get any Christmas gifts because she spent all the money on my. Half siblings that were younger than I. Your, your when stepmom? he gave her the, when he gave her the money to buy all of his presents, mm. and that was, I think that was the, that was a, that was a a day that my grandmother, my aunts, they all went into my stepmom then, and I think that's when my dad's eyes were kind of open, but I was still young. But he ended up staying there twenty more years or so. <laughs> But, I mean, he still carries that guilt of not being there and allowing, of choosing her over me Mm -hmm. because I reminded her of the ex, of his ex, that she didn't feel, I guess guess she didn't feel that she was as good as my mom. But, I mean, don't ask me because I'm biased, but...
0: (laughs) But but you know, thinking about the 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 relationship today hmm I mean are you guys in on good terms or
1: oh yeah, oh yeah, I mean he's a great he's a great grandfather um he got married um twelve 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 um oh. to a uh, Italian lady that takes really good care of him um one of the things that I made sure that I did because I saw how the reaction to Renee was from my kids and my ex right. um and then also how I acted and how I felt about my ex stepmom like it wasn't it wasn't great, you know, like I wouldn't have ever fixed my mouth to call her mom or it was always louise yeah um but with Cindy, you know she came they came in town she she loves my dad to death, she loves my. Grant, she loves my kids to death, all of my kids to death. She loves me to death, and she has kids herself. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of – I'm not going to repeat what other people do. And they're like, oh, this woman or or anything else. I was like, she loves my dad. She's making my dad take care of himself. She's making sure he's going to doctor appointments and all this other stuff that he wasn't doing and he didn't want to do. And I was like, okay. She loves him. I'm going to accept her. And then, like, they came in town. We went to this little Italian store that she loved, that I introduced her to. She was in there for a long time. And I go in, I'm trying to find her. It was like, Can I help you, sir? I was like, Yeah, I'm trying to find my mom. You know, and then Cindy heard me say that, you know, and she was like, That melted her heart Mm. to hear me say, I'm looking for my mom because she wasn't, because my half brothers have it. One of them really hasn't fully accepted Cindy, yeah, but I have, and the other one it depends on the situation. But that was one of the things that I didn't want her to feel. I didn't want her to feel like Renee felt when Renee was that woman. yeah <laughs> you know what I'm saying, so, yeah, and that's so was like
0: that's a great lesson learned, right? Like I think that it's how you take the situation that you've seen and, and like you're you're applying. That exact situation that you you want to see, like, your own kids yep. respecting Renee the same yep. way. You know, you're setting that example, which is tremendously yep. important. It's like, you know, you were saying your dad was very much a do-as-I-say mm-hmm. sort of person, not as right. I do. But I think that that's how you flip the script. It's very much a let's put our best foot forward, not just in what we say, but also what we do.
1: Not only that, man, but these kids... Our kids are watching. Mm-hmm. They are listening. Even if you think you're in the bedroom behind closed door, on the phone, talking with your friends about tell the so the you know, my sister-in-law did this and they don't there, blah, blah, blah. You'd be surprised what these little kids are hearing. And they're gonna they're gonna react that way. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't want Maya and Zoe, Daniel. Benji or Brianna to treat Cindy disrespectful at all because that's just something that I don't want to ever happen because I'm not yeah. going to do that because Cindy loves my father and and she's taking care of my father she's not trying to separate me and my kids from him like my previous stepmom did Yeah. because she felt threatened by that mm. and I was like okay She's not trying to do that. I can respect that. I can get out of my feelings. I don't care if she's not my mom. But my dad loves her and he makes her happy. He's doing what he needs to do. She's doing what she needs to do. I respect that. I respect their marriage. And I love them both. That's beautiful. Good on you, my man. That's great.
0: That's beautiful.
1: So, yeah, my dad and I were great. He stops by when he drives through Louisville. He'll stay a he'll stay a few hours, maybe eight. So he's going by? Yeah, he swings by um, a lot of times when he has cause, you know, they have that digital tracking for the driver log. So he right. has to take a break for like eight hours, and you know, I'll cook and make him an old fashioned. He loves my old fashioned, so oh, I love make old him an old fashioned. And he'll he'll eat and have an old fashioned, and then we'll watch TV. We'll watch um, what's that fishing show? The um, the big catch or whatever oh, we'll okay. watch that, yeah, he likes watching that, so we'll watch that, and then you know, after a few hours of him resting up and eating it all off, then he'll get back on the road, so I mean, it's great, I mean, good
0: stuff, man. good stuff, yep, I wanna um shift the conversation a bit. you mentioned you you live in Louisville, um mm-hmm. anybody who's paying attention to what's going on in the United States over the past well, for a very long time, but especially really magnified over the past uh, several months, uh, you know, racial tension and, and racial issues have really brought to light. You know, a lot of the pr- police brutality that has been, you know, occurring. The issue with mm-hmm. Breonna Taylor comes to mind. Um, you know, we've talked a lot. Uh, well, I wouldn't say we talked a lot about it. We've talked about it a little bit on this show. Um, right. You know, issues around okay. racial injustice and other things. Um, and what I think would be really valuable for the listeners to hear is a dad's perspective um, coming from you on uh, and your own racial background as being a black man, raising black kids. Yep. What's mm-hmm. this like for you uh, today? And then also just the experience of your kids growing
1: up. Experience today is no different than than what it was in the past. <laughs> you know, um, it's more... I th- I think I think now it looks possibly maybe promising. Um I will say that I'll say it's more promising today than it was back then. Um growing up um dealing with systematic racism and you know especially when the stint that my that I lived in Nebraska, uh you know not being a very diverse state at all, lived in Lincoln, um Raising our kids so that they can not be discriminated against. It's, uh, it's scary um, a lot of times, um, especially when you're trying to see, like, if I send my kids, you know, to school and they come back home talking about, you know, my friends want me to wear my hair down like, well, I'm sorry. Oh, if it's the girls, I'm sorry, Brianna, Maya, and Zoe, you can't wear your hair down like your other kids, the other kids, because your hair is different, you know, and, you know, dealing with toys. I used to, I really didn't like Disney at all, um, because I felt Disney did not have, um, representation for my kids, Yeah. um, back then. And, and, but when my kids want to see Disney stuff, uh, I'll allow them and I mean, we we allow it. That was my own personal thing, but it was like always trying to find toys where there was representation for them. That was hard. Um, with Maya and Zoe, it's easier. Um, living in Louisville today with everything that's going on with Brianna Taylor, the George Floyd thing happening. Um, we had to have the conversation with Maya and Zoe. You know, um, I don't think I'm trying to remember back. We didn't have like a sit down conversation with my older kids, but it was more of a. Here are the things you need to do when you're out and about. You know, because we're sorry you're not your friend's complexion. <laughs> I mean, that's and that's the nice way we said we, we we would say. Uh, I'll say it how we say it, like, we're sorry. You're not white. You can't do the same thing that some of your friends do when they go out to the mall. Mm. Okay. You can't rip and run through the mall there. You know, if you're running through the mall, they're going to think you've taken something, you know, that's a good chance of that. You know, there's not, not going to think that, Oh, those, are some kids just fooling around. And it's those that those biases that happen racially, um, that we had to tell our kids about. And it's kind of heartbreaking a little bit. It's like, you know, when I went to go get insurance in in Nebraska, you know, it's like, I was a contractor, so I had to pay out of pocket. And it's like, okay, so your insurance is gonna be this amount, which is, a lot. it was a large amount for three kids and two adults. And I was like, okay. And they were like, well, how are you gonna pay for it? And this is a Blue Cross Blue Shield office. Mm. And I was like, I work. You know, I'm a you know, I'm an IT contractor, I work, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then we just walked out of the office and I emailed corporate and was like, you have some, you know, some some folks that's in your in the Lincoln, Nebraska office that are just terrible. And this is what how how I was treated. And I'm gonna go somewhere else because having to deal with that um was just terrible. That's sad. And then yeah. Yeah. And so now in 2020, it wasn't much different, (laughs) you know, until recently. And and when I say until recently, um, I don't know if it's like a temporary movement or if it's like a movement that's here to stay. And this is where you and I had that conversation. Me not knowing your ethnic background or anything like that. You know, and when you came to me and asked me if I would come on the show, I was hesitant, you know, because you're not the first one that had asked me to talk to me. And I remember back in 2012, I so remember back in 2012 where I was making a huge stand within our community about representation and how I was kind of gaslighted you know, about, about that, by friends, by people I respected and everything, where it was it? it's not a big deal, you know? And it's kind of like, no, it is. (laughs) It is a big deal. It's, you know, we really need to look at these things and and really talk about it and and bring representation so that it's a platform for others. That's why you don't see many people like me here because, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't, I mean, there there's just things that get done that kind of shows those racial biases. And, and now with Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, uh, our current, you know, sitting friends and everything else and just everything going crazy right now with COVID and all the other stuff. And people are like, Oh, you know, everybody's being one end of the spectrum and, and I'm using the wrong term by spectrum, there's no disrespect by that, yeah, but one end one end of the, the, polar to the opposite, other yeah it, yeah, and and it's just crazy, and it's like you know,' is this just a temporary thing, yeah, like I'm looking at it like it was like I didn't want to talk to anyone because I was so so hurt, I was so so angry, I mean, I was really angry because yeah. it was like. I want to be like, why now? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you, you didn't want to hear me then. Why do you want to hear me now? And and so all I did at that point was like, I I did it to you too. <laughs> it's like, you know, well, if I responded. So yes. Somewhere I just didn't even respond. But I was like, can you, here here's 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 all I got for you. Here's a yeah. link to some some documentation that you can read. Just raise your kids to to not be um, undercover systematic racist. Yeah. <laughs> <You> well,
0: <know? laughs> yeah. And a lot of it is so subconscious and things that, and I, I've, I, well, you and I had a really good dialogue about it. And I think that part mm-hmm. of this is people need to talk. At, at mm-hmm. the very least, you have to hear where people are coming from. I've yeah. spoken with a variety of people from, Various walks of life um, around this. I won't get too specific, but some of it is like, "Oh, you know, I don't, I don't need to hear any more about this. I've been around the block enough to hear X, Y, and Z." And I'm like, "No, but you know, if you don't take a moment to hear somebody else's perspective, you're doing yeah. the entire world a disservice by right. not by not opening up your heart and your mind to at least hear what they're saying. Nobody's asking you to change your mind about." Whatever your your beliefs are, but you know what? At the very least, you have to hear people out, especially when people are crying out uh, in this
1: sort of fashion. And and you know the power. I mean, just think about the power that people not like me have with other people not like me. Yeah, you know, it, when it's like, you know, you're 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 amongst your peers and your peers do a joke that's like, you know. They're they're talking about something that's like, yeah, this lady came in, twisted her neck, talking about, you know what? Okay, when they do that, you know it exactly what they mean. Yeah. You you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, instead of just telling a story, I had this woman come in irate. She's talking about, do you know what you're talking about? You don't have to do the neck twitch or anything like that. You don't have to do the shenanigans, whatever. Mm. If you just tell the story, that's part of the racial bias, the unspoken stuff that happens that we let slide by. Yeah. I mean, like, the jokes of, you know, the, you know, the hippity-hop jokes that happen and stuff like that, that people laugh about, that's the underlining stuff that happens that make people that prolongs and pushes the wagon even further down the road that shouldn't be going down the road. And, and when people that are not like me say something to those people that has a bigger impact than me saying something because i'll get say oh you just being too sensitive jj oh jj that's not what i meant you know you know i'm not racist we've been friends for so long i'm not saying you're racist but the thing you did is not it's not who you say you're not yeah it's not, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, not a, it's not um
0: consistent with what you're claiming it's it shouldn't be and and uh people should be more open to hearing that
1: and not becoming so defensive hey i mean heck i don't i don't call redheads the g word because i found out that that was a derogatory term towards redheads oh was it i I, had no idea that's a new one for me i had no idea. Yes, it is. I had no idea, and when I found out, and it was just because I was just talking with one of my redhead friends, and and I was like, and people use it a lot, but there's history behind that. It is derogatory, and then people call people from the U. If they call people from the UK "limy," that's an that's another derogatory term oh, wow. of of a certain set of people in the UK. And these are things that I've been learning that I've learned in my whole thing. It's not just even for myself. I want to make sure I'm not saying something that has, you know, a bad context in the past. If I do, I change it. I don't argue and be like, Oh, just get over. I've been doing it over my my whole life. You know what? No, I'm going to change that habit. I'm not going to use that word no more. And I'm going to educate other people about it because, Hey, They need to know, too. We shouldn't use that word.
0: (laughs) This is something that I've always been really interested in because I don't understand what's so hard for people to be like, you know, like what you just said. Okay, I'm not going to use the G word anymore, like what you just said. right? But then there's going to be people that listen to this show and people out there that are like, oh, stop, you know, just like what you said. What do you think is the mental blocker for those people to just get over it?
1: thing is i mean it goes back to to the uh white fragility okay so it's that mentality where she talks about how racism when you talk about a racist right you think of this big evil person this evil evil thing <laughs> you know Ku klux klan type races right so if you say someone's racist or if you say something about something like that that's immediately what your mind goes through it goes to that. But that's not the case. There's systematic racism. And even with saying the G word or the L word for the UK folks and stuff like that, it's almost one of those things where it's like when you challenge someone, they automatically think that you're calling them some evil. And it's not. It's just like, yo, dude, we just don't say that. I mean, that's, did you happen to know that's a derogatory term? And then when you start looking back and be like, oh, wow. You know, I mean, like, uh, well, who was it? Um, Cardi B that talked, you know, she she was recently in the news when she talked about her, her kids' eyes. Her kids' eyes are is slanted a bit. And she said her kids' eyes were C-H-I-N-K-Y. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she, she, ha- she claimed she had no idea. That was a derogatory term. I don't know how, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? And then she was like, internet, just get over it. No. No, No, that's a derogatory curve. You just don't don't be like, oh, I didn't know. Okay. Okay, if I I know (laughs) somebody's standing behind this wall, right, and they can't move from this wall, and if I punch it, and it's not like a wall, but it's like just curtain, and it hits the person behind it, and I didn't know, do I just be like, oh, I didn't know, or do I apologize and not do it again? Or do I just keep punching this curtain that I thought was a wall that this person lived behind? So what?
0: Yeah, and then blame you know them for living behind the wall and getting frustrated right. for living behind the wall.
1: Like, right? Well, why are you behind the wall? Yeah, what? Well, what? Well, well, I thought it was a wall. It's been there my whole life, but I never punched it before. But I punched it today, and it wasn't wall. It's was a curtain <laughs> with a do- a little puppy behind it, and it yelped every time. So stop punching the wall. Oh, what do you mean? I gotta stop punching the wall? Uh,
0: it, <laughs> Come it's, on. It, 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 I think at the end of the day it also it's a pride thing, right? Like people don't want to prove people don't want to admit that they're wrong about something because they're just prideful about it. And I think that the more yeah. time that we take time to listen and be empathetic yeah. and compassionate and be willing to make that shift in perspective, the better it's off like, we we'll all be.
1: I would rather be wrong and learn a lesson and then be right and not learn a lesson if, yeah. if it makes sense yeah <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying like i would because this growth
0: you know yes. what i'm saying
1: if you're not growing then i, I don't know i mean and that's you know what, like
0: that's what i want that's what i want aria and like my future uh you know daughter to to know it's like it's okay to make mistakes and to learn and to grow and to go through those uncomfortable things because right. that is how you become. To your point earlier, that uh, that's how you contribute to society to make this world a better place. Is that you, you lead t- with compassion and empathy?
1: Now, you know how many. T- I cannot count the times I apologize to my kids for how I reacted to them misbehaving. Yeah. when I say apologize to them, it's it's when I would you know. Be at my wits' end. I didn't do three, two, one magic or or I didn't talk to them calmly. I just went off and I just yelled like unadulterated, just like raw. I had to apologize yeah. because that's not. And then, like, when I believed in corporal punishment, you know, spanking my kids, spanking them while I was angry. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because the frustration in me came out in that, that wasn't cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Knowing I should have walked away instead of you know spanking while I was angry. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So those are things that I've had to apologize for and things that I've had to own. Nothing that that's the thing is that when children see us as adults make mistakes and come to them and say, you know, Maya, Zoe. I'm sorry how I reacted. I should not have yelled at you guys. I was really frustrated and there was no excuse for me to do that. You know, that doesn't discount me still disciplining them. Sure. It just shows them that while I was disciplining them, I could have handled it a different way. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the thing is that as parents, that's what our kids need to see. And I think people think, That makes us as parents look soft. But it doesn't make us look soft. It makes us look human. And it shows them that it's okay to make mistakes. You apologize. You come back together. And you move forward and grow in that. I mean. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I mean, that's that's, that's the thing. And I think that's how we got where we are. Is that. With pride, with trying to be perfect and not showing vulnerability, has gotten us to a to a, a place that's not. Yeah, people are just not, they,
0: they don't. Yeah, they don't want to go there. You know, I think that when and when you lead with that, especially at a young age, and I can say this because I've seen this with Aria. Um, you know, I'm not. I, I will go out of my way to be like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, Aria, about something or, mm-hmm. you know, if I if I would have overreacted about something. And um, I've seen directly as a result. <laughs> this is kind of a, a cute story. So like we were doing a puzzle the other day mm-hmm. and we completed the puzzle with some Beauty and the Beast puzzle. And I say, OK, right. we got to put it all back in the box. So I had Aria stand at the edge of the table holding the box, I said, okay, I'm going to sweep it all in and, and make sure that you just catch up with the box. And so I swept it, and then some of the pieces fell on the floor. And, you know, I just wanted to milk it a little bit just to kind of see what would happen. I was like, oh, Aria, Daddy's so sorry. Daddy made a mess. And she said, right. Daddy, hold on, wait. And she put the box down, and she said, Daddy, come here. Give me a hug. It's okay. And she gave me a hug. This little three-year-old, like, just showed love and compassion. In, like, you know, I, I was just kind of, you know, it was silly. Oh, I dropped a piece. But, like, yeah. That is pure love, right there. Yeah. And the more yeah. that we show our kids that that is an okay way to react when somebody does something wrong mm-hmm. or incorrect, you know, that is that's the way we need to move. I was so proud. Right. I was so proud. Yeah,
1: that's awesome, man. One of the things that we did teach our girls on forgiving is, um, we, you you know when when people apologize, um, we don't say that's okay because especially if it was something wrong, you know, because you know, talking because with Maya and Zoe with them, they're very literal. So okay. if we say that's okay, that means they can do it again. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like, well, let's start saying I forgive you or I accept your apology. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because the action that was done wasn't cool. Yeah. You know it goes saying? right back like, to that, it,
0: Words matter, man. Words matter. Right. 100%.
1: Right. And so that's one thing that, that we've done with them because what we noticed was that we had like a repeat offender <laughs> on some things and, um, you know, talking with, you know, doing some research and talking with a counselor and stuff like that gave us ideas on how, you know, to handle that, you know? And so this is, it's been interesting, you know, um, Going through these elementary years with the girls, yeah. um, kind of feeling in that gap of, you know, my sixteen-year-old and then my that ten-year gap almost yeah. of no kids, you know, of experiencing it. So, you know, y- y'all can do the math if you want. Go back and listen; you can see how old I am. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be pretty old when the when the girls graduate. So, <laughs> <laughs> but
0: it's worth it, man. I and you know, kind of going back to that. Racial injustice issue, uh, yeah. the, you know, like you said, you sent me a list of resources. Um, mm-hmm. And and what I want to mention to the folks listening right now is that in the show notes, I'm going to have a link to this document that you shared with me. Um, yeah. I had seen a bunch of the resources on there, and and part of my own uh, uh, learning of what has been going on this year, especially, has just been a lot of listening um, yeah. and realizing that I want to leverage a platform like this to um, give folks a, a voice to, to share their perspective. Um, we have a lot of people from different backgrounds, and and that's one of the things I'm really proud about with this show. But I, I think that your perspective coming on the show is really important so that people don't lose sight of what has been happening over the decades, uh, centuries even, of of racial injustice here in this country. And like you said, it's getting better, but um, I mean, do you foresee it getting
1: perfect within your kid's lifetime? Renee and I talked about this. I mean, we hope, you know, we hope, you know, it, it I think the big thing is going to, it's, it's the long term seeing how this whole Brianna Taylor, George Floyd, all this stuff plays out really because I mean, this stuff happened again, you know, I think it was, it may have been in 2012. Um, when, um, not Trayvon, but uh, um, um, shoot, man, I can't. I, I, my whiskey's talking to me. I think the <laughs> one that happened, uh, Michael, that happened out in Saint Louis. You know, when that situation happened in 2012. Um, this kind of it came up then because I because I was looking Facebook. Apparently, I was looking through some of my um, on this day, yeah, <laughs> post. I was like, oh, this is kind of what happened back then, and. I hope so. I mean my hope my hope is that it does. So I mean we we'll see what the long run is. And I, I will say I am surprised and a little shocked that, you know, protests um are still happening downtown. Um, um mostly peaceful. Um you have your outliners that are going on that, you know, people that, that kind of distract from the overall that people allow. Uh, but I, I do hope that my kids will be able to see that, and yeah. I would love to see it. But I, I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, I mean, part of me is like, no. Like when Obama got elected into office, I was like, oh, we're we gonna, we're gonna pay hell for this. <laughs> <laughs> and look where we are. Yeah, I was about to say,
0: <laughs> here, here we are.
1: And here we are. I yeah. was like. Mm. <sighs> But I, I do want to say, um, Alex, you know, I appreciate you and your patience. Like, when you came to me to ask me to be on the show, um, I know I kind of came off kind of like, nah, bruh, Once not you read these documents and get back with me later? <laughs> not at all. And you're like, and you're like all right, I'm going to go read these documents yep. and I'm going to get back with you later. Yep. I was like, and you came back, I was like, okay. And then... <laughs> that and then also you know talking with my counselor yes i still go to counseling because that's important as i said as i said we got to improve ourselves yeah you know what i'm saying that's right um i talked to them about you coming to me and some other people coming to me and she asked me she asked me she challenged me and was like why not <laughs> and so i got to open my open my mind up to her and kind of just Yell it all out. (laughs) My frustration. Not at you, but all the past people that like, they all gaslighted me. (laughs) Look,
0: I don't blame you. Like, you know, you experience something that is causing you concern and and you try voicing Mm -hmm. it and voices that you would consider voices of reason and uh, people that you would... um,
1: that had a platform, yeah. <laughs> that that people listen, and you kind of like, yeah. This could be the area. Am I? Yeah, the, uh,
0: you know. I think. You know, I think it's. You know, you always keep an open mind. Is is my perspective on things, and you know, it, I always want to bring people on this show that have yeah. some kind of a a point of view or a life experience. That's different from mine because that's how we learn. And that's the point of this show is to really yeah. share these perspectives from dads, again, all around the world. I've, I've interviewed dads from a lot of different places, and no story has really, truly been the same. And I think that that's something that we need to really internalize when we question, yeah. hey, uh, why am I going to bother listening to JJ talk about this? Yeah. Well, because this is what your fellow human being is going through. And it's growth. Right. And it's growth for you as a person.
1: And growth hurts sometimes. Yes, that, it that's it does. Growth hurts sometimes. And I'll say that just from experience. So
0: yeah. So listen to your fellow human beings because then you get yes. to sh- sit down and, and share a whiskey together and uh and have good conversation mm-hmm. just like this one. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So JJ, I like I said, I'm gonna be sharing some of the resources that, that you had sent me, um okay. which I thought were were really good and again listen to them, watch them, read them with an open mind. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, "Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man." Uh, there have been a couple of other com- uh, yeah. episodes that have come out of that that uh, I think uh, that I haven't seen They're, that I definitely want to. Uh, but they've been really good. Yeah, they've been really good. So. Yep, really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. and anything else that you want to uh, pimp or share or let the the listeners know about?
1: I mean, I I'll I'll tell you like I tell my kids when when they come with me and they want to kind of tell me something I'm just like are you hurting yourself are you hurting anyone else are you happy and if you can say no no yes I'm I'm chill yeah. you, you know what I'm saying and and if you know and when I say if you're hurting someone else I mean that that really comes down to real hurt Where, you know, there's hurt where it's like someone may be hurt because you're leaving or something like that. That's that's different. I'm talking about where it's unrepairable hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So just release the pride. Allow growth to come in and, you know, do your thing.
0: Yeah, man. That's really that's been the theme, I'd say, this entire episode, Uh, whether we knew it or not. That's been a very... Prominent theme. So, again, our guest today has been JJ Valentine. Thank you very much for sharing your story tonight with me, my friend. Thank you, Alex. Big thanks to JJ Valentine for coming on the show today and sharing, uh, you know, his experiences on such a sensitive topic. And uh, and his life experiences are, you know, uh, really something else. So I hope that you guys um, learn something from this. And I will be posting a link to the documents that we discussed so check that out in the show notes and if you'd like to chime in on the conversation today I encourage you to do so please email the dad chronicle podcast at gmail.com if you aren't already make sure that you're subscribed by heading over to the dad all the links to your favorite podcatchers are there so make sure that you are subscribed and you can also uh, help out the show by leaving a 5 star rating on Apple Podcasts that definitely helps thanks for listening and we'll see you next time
1: If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.